Good morning. Happy New Year to you. I hope it started off well. Let's stand together and let's open our Bibles. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. What we're going to talk about over these next uh, several weeks is our love for God. I want us to examine our love for God and our call to love God. And I want to challenge you to really look deep in your heart. And we'll, we'll talk more about all that as we unfold this message. But listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we pray you'd help us by your spirit to examine our hearts today and over these next several weeks. Lord, let us grow in our love for you. Father, our, our desire to be pleasing to you. And I just pray you would touch us even today and throughout this week as we look at that issue and see what our love looks like and what our love is like. Touch us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted us to sing this song today and hear this song today. I, I love the songwriter's uh, the way he's expressed this intimacy with God, this understanding that God's never going to let us down, that he is the anchor in our storm, he is the wind uh, in our sails, this personal, personal experience with God where we sense him, where we know him, where we have confidence in him, where our love for him is growing. And I hope that throughout these next several weeks as we talk about the love of God, that that will grow in your heart, that your love and your understanding, your awareness of who he is uh, will grow on your, in your heart. As we looked at this scripture in Matthew 22, uh, many theologians believe, and the text supports that the story took place the week of the Passover just before the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, the questions uh, would be asked on that day, uh, kind of mimic and, and kind of show us what happened. On that day of the week, on the day that this happened, the Passover lambs would be presented and inspected by the priests to make sure they were spotless, that they were perfect and able to be used for the Passover celebration that this was perfection so that it would be right. And on this day, we find Jesus being questioned by the Herodians, by the, the Sadducees, by the Pharisees. We find the perfect lamb being inspected. This story is a part of the questions asked to Jesus, trying to trip him up, trying to either get him arrested or to set him at odds with the people and to show that he really wasn't the Messiah. 
You can read the whole story in Matthew chapter 22. But when Jesus is asked the question uh, that they're trying to trip him up on and test him at this point in time about which is the greatest commandment, he quotes from the Shema. It's a, it, the Shema is a, a Hebrew text consisting of three passages of the Pentateuch that begins with, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And these scriptures come about to this idea of us, of who God is and our relationship with, with him. It forms a very important part of the Jewish tradition every evening and every morning they would be quoting this. It's used as a Jewish confession of faith. Jesus reminds them in this that God is one and that we should be one in our love for God. All of us, all of our being, everything about us is this idea of putting God First and wanting to please him to the utmost in everything we do. So he quotes to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Now, if you've been a follower of Christ for any amount of time, you would probably know that answer. You would be able to say it. Uh, you've heard this preached on many times. You've read it, this great commandment. The, but the, the question is, is, do we really possess the answer? Do we really live it out? Do we really love God that way? Do we really even understand what this scripture is calling us to? And that's what we want to look at over these next several weeks, is what is this scripture telling us? And what do we see about God that would allow our love for God to grow? But we have to be careful that we don't just assume that we know what it is. Let, let me give you an example. Uh, from time to time, I'll, I'll, you know, because of my granddaughter or because of my granddaughters, because of uh, just being around the youth group, uh, I will be around some teenage girls. And uh, their discussion will turn towards some guy. <laughs> oh, help us. <laughs> and what I usually tell them in that moment is this. Listen, girls, I want you to understand something. If he says he loves you, don't believe it. <laughs> don't believe it. It's not that I think the guy is bad or he has some evil intent. I just remember that when I was a teenager... There were a few girls that I told them that I loved them. I, I thought I loved them. I thought I had this undying commitment. There was nothing tawdry uh, about my intent in telling them I loved them. I believed it. It's just that in my understanding of love, I was in the shallow end of the pool. <laughs> I didn't have a concept of what, lo what love really meant. And it wouldn't take me long to prove it. And they would discover that what I said was love was really something else. If you want to know about love, I would tell you, don't look at a starry-eyed teenager and go, oh, look at that, they love each other. No, they're, they're just lit up with all kinds of stuff. 
No, you want to get a good picture of love? Go look at the couple who's been married 50 years and have experienced better and worse, richer and poorer sickness and in health and have stood the test of time. That's where you're going to find love at. That's where you're going to find what it's really defined by and what it really means is in those lives that have proven. Now, love starts someplace, but it matures and it grows in its walk. And the same thing happens to us as followers of Christ. Our love for God starts someplace. We get drawn to him. We, 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 be, we become aware that our nature is broken and we need the help of God. Have you become aware of that? Have you become aware that, can I, okay, it's a new year, so let me, let me, let's start off gentle. Uh, have you become aware that you're not really a pretty good person? You know, that really you got all kinds of junk going on inside of you? That there's all kinds of things happening there that'll hurt others? Uh, you know, we may want to think about others who've hurt us, but what about us? What about our selfishness? What about our greed? What about our nature? What about our words and our desires? You know, it's important for us to take a good look at ourselves. Now, the depth of our love for God, this is an important thing for us to take a, a look at in our lives. It's a really important thing for us to examine closely where you're at right now. I've been doing this for a long time. I've grown up in the church. I've been in the church all of my life. Uh, I've been, you know, in pastoral ministry for more years than I like to think about. And, and I've seen, I've witnessed some things. I'm, I'm like that, uh, you know, that commercial, that insurance commercial, farmers or whatever it is. We've seen a few things. I've seen a few things. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen parents raise their children to, to you know, point them towards God and a child grows up and chooses a lifestyle that is contrary to what the Word of God says is acceptable. A, a concept, a way of living that, that the parents who've been around the church and been in the Word of God, maybe read their Bibles through many, many times, know does not match up with the word of God. And I've seen parents, see parents have a couple of choices there. I've seen parents make the choice, oh, God must excuse that. It must be okay. It must be fine. The other choice is say, no, it's not fine, and I'm gonna pray our family through this. I have, I have seen, a, I've talked with parents, literally talked with, with, with parents, who have a child making horrendous choices. Maybe they're addicted in, in drugs. They're, they're, they're doing some just horrendous things in their life. And they'll say to me, will you pray for me? I say, yes. You know, but I, I'm, 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 really, uh, you know, I'm really sure that he's okay because he got saved when he was eight years old. And you're standing there going, uh, no, he's not. The reflection for a love for God is not in this lifestyle. It's not in what they're doing. Until we face that, look at square on, and decide we're going to do something scripturally about it, we're not helping the situation, we're hurting it. And it speaks to what we love first and foremost in life. I have watched, uh, sadly, and seen and witnessed 
people who came to church all the time, sang in choirs, worked in Sunday school departments, passionate about God, and a spouse unexpectedly die. And in a year or two, they've met somebody else. The person isn't a Christian, isn't a follower of Christ at all, has no interest in being a follower of Christ. And in a short time, neither are they. Where's their love? Where was their love for God at? Where was their first commitment to him? I've seen people find success in life. I mean, really, financially find some great success in life. And, and there's a choice when you find that success. I've seen on both sides of this. I've seen people find success and it humbled them. They recognize what God has done, has, God has blessed them, that they are stewards of that success for the glory of God's kingdom. And they, they show their love for God and their faithfulness and, and stewarding what God has blessed them with. And I've seen others that success has just proven that they don't love God at all. got to examine what do I really believe what would I really do what would my decisions really look like because it can be anything it can be anything when our love for God is secondary instead of first we are set up for failure that's the question of these next couple of months is my love for God first and foremost The challenge that Christ gives us is really clear. We've got to be willing to leave everything, to put him first above everything in our lives. That The first and foremost desire of our heart is we want to live pleasing to God. Not somebody else. Not even ourselves. But first and foremost... That God is our hope, God is our refuge, God is our strength, he is our heavenly father. And we want to be close to him and we want to be pleasing to him. So it's important for you to examine, why do you do this? Why do you come here today? Do you come here today because, you know, your spouse loves God and you love God and Boy, things are kind of going, so I'll just kind of go along with that. Or have you really developed a deep-seated, personal love for God? Why do you come? How deep is your love? What could shake it off? So over the next weeks, we're going to take a look at some of the names and the claims of God and what those say to us. In those names and claims, we will see, I hope we will see the kind of relationship God wants to have with each and every one of us. How close he wants to be with you. That it's not, you know, you and the preacher and God, or you and your mother and God, or you and your spouse and God, but it's you and God. With each one, we'll ask the question, do I know that part about God, and do I live in that kind of relationship with God. Because see, as you examine that, you're going to see, if you know it, but you don't live it, you're going to see, uh, what I hope that you'll see is, wow, I know that about God, but I'm not living that with God. That's telling me something about what comes between me and God. 
and what I need to repent of and put my faith and my trust in him because I can trust him. I can have confidence in him. Today, though, I want to give you an assignment. And and I I hope that you'll do this assignment and uh, uh, you'll you'll follow up on it. So I I made sure, tried to make sure that everyone has this, my personal psalm of praise. Can you grab that real quick and take a look at it? My personal psalm. I, I think the Lord gave this to me in the last week or so to make it, uh, to, to give you an easy way to, uh, to do this. Psalm 136 is a psalm of praise. And if you read Psalm 36, which I would encourage you to do before you uh, tackle this, you will see that the psalmist ends each line. It's, it's, it's about God's steadfast love, and he ends each line with this statement, his steadfast love endures forever. That is really good news for us. If the enemy is trying to tell you, oh, you have done X, Y, Z, therefore God can never love you. You have done this, therefore God's love for you is not going to be as close as somebody else's or anything that degrades the fact that God loves you. You need to look at Psalm 136 because Psalm 136 and throughout the Psalms, he says it over and over and over and over again to us. His love endures forever. Is that good news? That's something to be excited about. God loves us. We have to totally reject him. We have to ignore him and rebel against him to be separated from him. His love endures forever. So as you read Psalm 136, you will see that the psalmist recognizes God's authority. He recognizes his authority and power over all things. The psalmist rejoices over God's care and power revealed in nature. The psalmist celebrates God's provision for his people throughout history. And the psalmist speaks of how God moved in behalf of his chosen people. So here's the challenge. Take time this week. You don't have to do this in one setting. You can, you can uh, uh, you know, fill this in a, a little bit at a time and come back to it. You can take this you know, and, and fill it in all at once and then go back and change it. Uh, you can add to it. it. I think it's 20, what is it, 26 verses. You can make 52 verses if you want. Here, here's the deal. Here's the challenge. Take time to fill in the blanks about how God has shown his steadfast love for you throughout your lifetime. Just begin to ask God to remind you of the things that he has done for you. So in your appointment with God this month, begin to fill this out. And then in your appointment with God, when you take that time to get along with God, take time to thank him, to praise him for the things he's done in your life that reveal his steadfast love. See, here's what happens to us. We have a problem, and what do we think about all the time? The problem. The problem's just always there. Every time, you know, you, you, have you ever been driving down the street and you're kind of feeling happy and you're thinking, 
Boy, I haven't felt this way for a long time. Why not? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. You know, and all of a sudden you're worried again and you're upset again and you're bothered again. You know, we need to, we need to think about the steadfast love of God for us. I would encourage you to fill this out, maybe even in a couple of weeks, take it to your C2 group and, and share it with them if you feel bold enough to do that and talk about the steadfast love of God that you've discovered in your life. Now, there's some instructions on your notes that you can even get this online. You can put it over on your computer and you can do it there. You can make more copies of it if you want to. Uh, you can do a lot of things with it. I just want you to have freedom to think about and I want to challenge you this week not to leave your, your thoughts about God's love here at church, but to take it home and to really begin to think about how God's love for you. Now, the first five verses and the last verse fit into all of our lives, so I just left them there. So I, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to read my personal psalm of praise to you today. And I'm not telling you it's locked in. This is what, you know, in, in, as I've been thinking about this this is what I wrote down and I may change this or just keep this and do another one Uh, but this is what I'm taking in I want to go in and I want to be thankful to God for so here's how it starts it starts off with these first five verses give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever he's good good so good amen Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures for. Give thanks to God. He's the utmost. He's the highest. There's nothing above him. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, this is where I challenge you to start thinking about what has God done for you. So here's the things that came to my mind for my life. They'll be different than yours. To him who revealed himself to my family before I was born, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who called my grandparents into his kingdom. For a steadfast love endures forever. To him who touched my parents with the joy of his will. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who placed me in a family that would point to his glory. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who put me in a church that would be filled with his power. For his steadfast love endures forever he who was patient with my weaknesses for his steadfast love endures forever he spoke to me about my sin for his steadfast love endures forever he was patient with my pride and selfishness for his steadfast love endures forever to the one who let me taste of his calling for his steadfast love endures forever to the one who smiled at my questions for his steadfast love endures forever 
to the one who strengthened me in times of fear for his steadfast love endures forever. He has protected me from the enemy for his steadfast love endures forever. Those who would harm me have been turned away for his steadfast love endures forever. He continues to surround me with the faithful for his steadfast love endures forever. He gives me dreams of his will and his purpose for his steadfast love endures forever. My failures he covers with his blood for his steadfast love endures forever. My emptiness he fills with his presence for his steadfast love endures forever. He's blessed me with a wife who teaches me to love and shows me grace for his steadfast love endures forever. He has protected my children from the deceit of the world for his steadfast love endures forever. He will always be with me to guide and encourage and bless for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen? Listen, you have a story. You have a revelation of how God's steadfast love has moved in. Maybe you're young and it's only 13 lines. Someday it's going to be 26 lines. Someday it may be 52 lines of you witnessing and experiencing the steadfast love of God. And as you look and begin to pray and go into that appointment with God for a while and thank Him for His steadfast love for you. What I'm praying is while you're doing that, that your love for him will grow in your life. That you will find yourself more in love with God and more thankful for what he's done as you examine what he has done for you. So I, I would encourage you to, to, to do this. And if you say, well, I, boy, I have a hard time. And then sit down with, you, with somebody, that you, you know, a spouse or a brother or a sister. Or say, hey, help me work through this a little bit. Help me see some things maybe I've forgotten. But begin to recognize that God's steadfast love is enduring forever for you. You don't have to fill in all the blanks at one time or ever. Just, to be, just begin to give some thought as to how God has shown you his love and praise him for his steadfast love. I think you'll come away blessed. And I think as you share it with others, you'll be blessed as well. You're a religious person. You believe in God. Sir, I'm talking to you today. You come to church. You have some hope in heaven. But your heart is empty. There's no real sense of God in your life. You find more comfort in alcohol or burying your head in a television set. You find more joy in your hobbies than you do in the presence of God. You don't even know what that means. You know the words, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You shall love the Lord your God. But there's no passion in you it's all a duty. I would tell you God is waiting on you. He has shown you his steadfast love. And if you'll come to him 
he'll begin to reveal himself to you. In fact, he's already been doing it. If you'll just look up and see it. Let's stand together today and let's pray. We're going to have our prayer teams come down to the front today. Would you come on down, please? Father, I'm so thankful for your steadfast love for me. I'm so thankful, Father, that as I look in your word, I can declare your steadfast love to every person. That, Father, no matter what they have done, no matter what evil they've been a part of, no matter how corrupt their heart may be, that, Father, if they will reach out to you, they will find your love and there will be new connection with the power of your Spirit in their life. In fact, Lord, that you've already been showing them your steadfast love. And so, Lord, I pray that as we take this challenge this week and exercise our, our minds to think about your steadfast love, that you just let the great things in our life pop to our mind, the people you brought into our life, the opportunities you've given us to know you. And I pray that our love for you would grow deeper. But Lord, I know, I know today there are some in this room, they come to church, but they need to get their heart, they need to surrender their life to you. They need to put their trust and faith in your son. They have a form of religion, but they've not been transformed. And I pray that right now you would speak to them and they would know they need to receive your son in their life today. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. You say, Pastor, you were talking to me a second ago. I need to make sure, my, I need to get my heart right with God. I want, to, I want to experience and walk in his steadfast love. If that's you, just raise your hand. If I was talking to you a minute, just raise your hand right now and say, God bless you. I see that hand. Others, you say, that's me. Anyone else today? You raise your hand and say, pray for me. God bless you. Anyone else today? You raise your hand and say, pray for me. Pray for me. Hallelujah. Let's all pray this prayer together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I put my trust in Jesus to be my Lord. I put my faith in Jesus to be my Savior. Now help me to live for him who died for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now listen, if you, if you raise your hand, it's really important. This is, I just can't ex express to you how important. It's either important for you to come down here and, and talk to one of these families. I'd really encourage you to come talk. The Fleeners can take you around back and, and give you some things that will help you. Take about three or four minutes to go back to the prayer room. If, you have, if you're not sure of your faith, come on down and, and just tell someone, you know, I'm just not sure of where I am with God. Now, other people are going to be coming for other reasons. If you have a need for prayer for this next year, if you have a crisis going on in life or a decision you need to make or a health issue, come let somebody pray with you. 
But if you raised your hand, you either need to talk to somebody who you're with or you need to talk to one of the altar workers here. And we want to help you really begin this life where you really begin to experience and know the love of God in your life every day. And Christians, hear me. Hey, listen, listen let your pastor speak to you today. Do this this week. This may not be your kind of thing, but you'll be blessed when you discipline yourself and do this this week. And you begin to think about all the ways God has shown his steadfast love to you. Amen? And then share it with somebody. Talk to somebody about it. Say, look what, well, look what I've just thought about as I've thought about what God's done for me. All right, right now, in the name of Jesus, if you have any need in your life, come on down and let somebody pray with you. If you raise your hand, come on down, let somebody pray with you. And uh, we'll, we'll be thrilled about that. We'll be thrilled to pray with you. We love you. God bless you.